a better late than never, right? Uh, we got Friday Night Lights here uh, for the Football Associates podcast episode 20... 22. 22. Okay. Exciting stuff. Um, MLS Cup Preview Edition, fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not. We're going to do another episode after MLS Cup, and then we're going to... We're going to ride off into the sunset for probably a couple weeks. Very see, least. Yeah. yeah, see what we dig up. We'll, we'll have some stuff to talk about after, uh, you know, the Timbers make the, the signing of the century for their head coach. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We got some stuff to talk about this week. We uh, obviously got an MLS Cup rematch uh, to look forward to. We should take a look back here at the conference finals. Um we're going to get caught up on some, you know, sort of best 11 off-season type awards news, maybe some USL updates, NISA updates, uh, and a partridge in a pear tree. All that fun stuff, Ryan. Are you Speaking of, you know, this is the part of the show where we always talk about what we've been up to. Are you in the holiday spirit yet? Getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, December 1st, so it's a slow ramp up from, from here. <laughs> Work's been kicking your ass, though, so and that's definitely yeah. holiday-related, right? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, Work's hasn't been doing me favors lately, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Same with you, apparently, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I had to make hamburgers today, which is just, I mean, for anybody who's ever had to do it, it's disgusting. Ugh. It's really gross work. <laughs> oh, you need to go take a shower right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I, I really do. Well, look, take it easy. Be, be be a little bit nicer to me. We both had a long week. <laughs> but um, why don't you, uh, I don't know, tell the good people about the signed underwear you got. You you had some signed underwear that you showed me. Yeah, from uh, Tommy Wiseau of The Room fame. Um, mm-hmm. My girlfriend is a huge The Room fan. Okay. Um, and I actually didn't see it until... Uh, a couple months ago when she brought me to one of the screenings they have here mm-hmm. um, regularly in Portland. But uh, last week, um, he was in person, the creator of the room, mm-hmm. Time Was Out, and my girlfriend bought me a Blu-ray of the movie as well as signed underwear by him. Okay. So it's I showed it to you. Yes. Um, I haven't worn it yet. Um, How are you going to display this signed underwear? Um, probably my closet somewhere. Yeah. Are you <laughs> going to get one of those hangers that has like clips on it at least that you can like display the underwear like hung? Yeah. Or maybe get bronzed or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I got a few ideas. So I've never seen it. What is, what is the room? Yeah. It's kind of like our generation's, um, Ed Wood or, uh, maybe Rocky Horror Picture Show. Is it like or, a yeah. horror film? No, no. It's, it's like a... It, it's it's supposed to be a drama, okay, but it's really comes off as you know like a black comedy. It's badly made film, but it's it's a so bad it's good. Okay, um, a lot of people consider it one of the worst films ever made. And but, you're going yeah. to see some James Franco movie about this movie, right? The Disaster Artist, which okay. is James Franco playing Tommy Wiseau. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like a making of the movie. Movie. Okay, and it's actually getting a lot of good reviews apparently. I, are you are you more excited to see the James Franco movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what, now you knowing what you know about me, would I like this movie? 
the, the room. room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely worth seeing because it's such a. Is it better than Demolition Man? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but Demolition Man's a, a true work of art. That'll be in like National Historic, like the the Congress of Arts or whatever they do with like <laughs> in know. a time capsule. Right, exactly. But uh, <laughs> the room is definitely uh, a curiosity. I mean, you go to the 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 show and they. They throw spoons and they shout out things like you do at like Rocky Horror Picture Show. So it's quite okay. experience in that sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, there's no easy way to transition to uh, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals yeah. from that. <laughs> so I guess we should just push it that way anyway, since this is a soccer podcast. So you watched the entire Toronto Columbus match. Yes. Um, what what were your feelings about that match? Ultimately, you know, uh, Toronto, their class shined at the end of it. Um, thoughts? It was a entertaining match. Uh, I mean, only one goal, um, and but it was you know Columbus was almost there. They had their chances. Uh, they were in it. Um, Josie had a great goal. Uh, great crowd, so it was just it was fun to watch, and I watched the first half at work, so that mm-hmm. was um, made work that much better. Like just yeah. sit there and you watch paid, MLS. You got paid yeah, to do it. Yeah, yeah. So if, hopefully my boss for isn't listening. But technically, that makes you a professional soccer pundit. Yeah, because yeah. you got paid to watch soccer, and now you're talking about it on the. Spotlight. I mean, I like to pivot into that, you know, that <laughs> position one day. <laughs> I was thinking about it afterwards. And it's one of those things where as much as everybody wants to criticize Michael Bradley and Josie Outdoor, specifically Josie Outdoor, uh, when it came down to it this time around, you know, Josie really stepped up. You know, they they fulfilled, I mean, at least to this point, we'll see what happens in MLS Cup, but, you know, they, they fulfilled sort of what they set out to do. Uh, from the very beginning, they obviously were a record-breaking club throughout the regular season. Um, but there were plenty of times where this could have went Columbus's way. But Toronto was there. They didn't let that happen. Uh, and, I mean, that was a beautiful goal. You know, as as it's one of those things where it wasn't an ugly 1-0 game. You know, there, right. were, there were chances. Uh, Stefan had the huge save on the penalty. Um, so there was excitement to the match and it was one of those things where you kind of felt that moment coming when Altidore scored and then just this sort of release when he did. And when, when Toronto scored, you didn't really, at least I didn't really feel like Columbus had a way back, even though, I mean, of course they they were, I mean, they were inches close a couple times after that. They, but Justin Miriam really. He even tweeted out apologies how yes. how bad he was at those chances. Yeah, and yeah. I saw that, and you got you got a feel for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, it's a really tough situation. Everything that surrounds the club there, um, but yeah, Toronto moves on. They're going to host MLS Cup. Um, they're going to take on a Seattle team that, I mean, no joke, looks like the best team right now. Yeah, um, I agree. Should I mean? It's it's sort of the conversation. Um, should Toronto even be considered favorites? Going I, I mean, I think that at the very least they're slight favorites. I it's, but you know Seattle they they have momentum. Um, you know they've been there before. Obviously mm-hmm. they went there in 
barely beat them last year, but mm-hmm. I mean they, they still, they, still they got yeah, still they, they got they did it, and uh, they're gonna go into that game knowing that. And but I think you know Toronto wasn't looking the greatest the last few games, mm-hmm. kind of out of sorts. But that second half against Columbus, they showed cert- what they yeah, could do. and that will certainly be helpful. And mm-hmm. um, so I th- oh, I'm hoping for a great match that we didn't get last year. Um, right. You know, obviously as a Timber supporter, we know who we want to win, mm-hmm. but um, I anticipate that's going to be um, better maybe, than maybe last classic. year. Yeah. Let's okay. see. Um, so what do you think this does in terms of these two clubs? Is this sort of a changing of the guard, you know, considering what has happened with the galaxy this year? Um, are Seattle and Toronto now legitimately the two super clubs in MLS? Yeah, I mean, in Atlanta too. Um, to a certain extent, maybe you know New York. Um, but yeah, New York are, City. Right, right, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, these are clubs that are spending big, and you know they both got to the cup, um, you know, twice, two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Atlanta, their first year being a mega spending club, you know, they got in the playoffs and. Um, things went right. They could have got pretty close. And yeah, so that's a paradigm shift. And I think, you know, before it wasn't sure that that was going to be a, a good strategy in this mm-hmm. league, but now it's, it looks like it may be. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like it is. And I mean, I don't know. It, it, as played out as it, it gets, you, know, you see what happens in basketball when you get a whole bunch of stars on one team. You know what I mean? And that's essentially what both of these these two teams have. But they, they've managed to build the depth, too, when you consider, you know, sort of the role that Vasquez has had uh, with Toronto. Yeah, that one-two with him and Josie in that goal. I yeah. Mean, that, 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 not to interrupt you, I'm sorry. No, but, but I yeah, mean, it tells that, the story. Right. That just like what he did to get bring the ball back to Josie, mm-hmm. you know, I can't imagine many MLS midfielders pulling that off that no, smoothly in no. that type tight of space that calmly maybe I mean, mls mvp diego Valeri. yeah well yeah of course and uh <laughs> as of monday um <laughs> this coming monday but uh yeah i mean that's the difference in spending power that play right there <laughs> i mean so you know spending power seems a pretty good jump off point to talk about the best 11 right so uh, we took a look at this, and as much as we'd like to have some talking points for the show, it seems like they got this right. You know, there's nowhere to really find any change in this. Yeah, I exactly. And people I've talked to other than you, and yes, I do talk to other people about soccer. That's um, weird. Yeah, I, it's always strange. But, um, yeah, it's hard to argue for anyone else getting into this 11. I, I've heard some people, so maybe a different setter back than, than Watson. I mean, there's a couple there, but I can't really... I don't have anything against this 11 here. I think that... Okay, so if I were going to change one player, it would probably be Joseph Martinez. And it would be... and it. Trust me, just because he see, hasn't played, because he didn't, he <laughs> right. was he was hurt. I mean, yeah. when he was out there, he's definitely one of the best eleven players in the league for sure. Um, but he didn't he didn't log the minutes this year, so you know maybe there's an argument to be made. 
uh, for somebody else in that spot. I mean, yeah. Well, he played half the season, and it was statistically the best half season that anyone's ever played. Yeah, <laughs> in terms so, of goals. So it's it's tough. Yeah, it's it's tough. And I, I get that. I, you could certainly make that argument, um, but I can't disagree with him being on here either. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, it's it's one of those things where you know you you want to find some fault in this, but it it seems like for the most part. You know, they got it right. Um, so let's talk about the expansion Final Four. You know, that's sort of one of the bigger storylines in MLS uh, this week, aside from, you know, the last couple games on the field there. Um, so th- we talked about this. Who do you think is going to – who are going to be the two cities that ultimately come out of this? Uh, with MLS clubs, and uh, why? Well, to recap for the audience, the four teams are Nashville, or mm-hmm. four cities mm-hmm. vying for the two expansion teams are Nashville, Detroit, Sacramento, and Cincinnati. Right. And so they will be presenting, uh, the ownership groups will be presenting on December 6th to the league, and then from there they'll decide the final two. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think it's pretty easy in my mind. Um, I think it's got to be Sacramento and Cincinnati. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. They both... At, now, a couple weeks ago when we were talking, Cincinnati didn't have you know kind of an approved stadium plan. Now that seems to be pretty set now. Right. Sacramento has been ready for a while. Right. Um, both cities have had successful usl teams where we know the fan base is there. Mm-hmm. Nashville, they got the stadium plan. It looks nice. You know, It's near downtown, but you know they haven't played yet right and they got usl team coming so i think maybe next round obviously if it works well there mm-hmm. you know and then detroit i mean a lot of the fans don't even want an mls team there right <laughs> if you're talking about the mpsl team at least right. so uh, so you know a way i'm almost surprised detroit got this far obviously their stadium plan helps a lot and mm-hmm. you know they even released renderings of what it looked like at ford field mm-hmm. for the time being um but yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. That's got to be Sacramento. Sacramento's in. They're the only Western Conference yeah. team right, in this so, discussion. Yeah. So they're in. I mean, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So it's really Nashville, Cincinnati, and Detroit that we're talking mm-hmm. about. And I'm kind of worried. I got to be honest. I'm kind. I I think it will be Cincinnati. But I think it might it be Nashville. Should be Cincinnati. It might be Nashville. Yeah. I mean, that stadium plan. That's got to. You know, MLS has got to like that. And MLS has a fucking boner for the Southeast right now. Right. I mean, really, and I understand it. You know, they're trying to uh, develop it in in the professional game at all levels, really, right now. I mean, USL D3 is aggressively looking to build in the Southeast. Uh, NPSL has some pretty good roots down there, obviously. Um, NISA wants to do the same. Uh, so... You know, the sort of the the Southeast, what would be like the SEC part of like college athletics, that is like the hotbed right now. That's like the battleground of soccer expansion, sort of which towns can really hack it and who's going to be, you know, sort of the torchbearers moving forward in soccer culture in the South. Um, that being said, I feel like Cincinnati's already shown too much, right? And if you... I mean, it's looking more and more like Columbus is leaving, right? 
as much as we don't want that to be true, it looks more and more like... Well, it certainly looks more likely that they will than they... Well, I mean... Right, yeah. so... I'd say 60-40 at this if point. If that yeah. happens, <laughs> as my, and, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, like, replacing Columbus with Cincinnati is the same thing because it's not. I understand. No. But MLS might look at it that way. Right. Um. So, yeah, I think that that's definitely going to be where we're going. What do you think... Um. Now, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, to what Cincinnati will bring to MLS. What do you think Sacramento is going to bring? Not to just MLS, but to the Western Conference. Now, you know, LAFC is going to be a huge deal. Um, San Jose has been a club that has had some success on the field. They've been a little bit, you know, behind the curve the last few years. Um what do you think Sacramento does? I mean, are they are they the sort of club that's going to be sort of Timbers-esque or Salt Lake-esque in how they approach, uh, you know, their business of the kind of players that they bring in and the kind of atmosphere that they have? Or do you think that they're going to go big money once it comes time for MLS? Well, I mean, they got an ownership group to do that i mean then again what ownership group doesn't when you have to come this league now right um well minnesota didn't really do that but uh, that's a different story <laughs> that's but, uh, a, they have a yeah. different approach man right. they you know yeah. they they yeah, yeah. they trust the process yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i think what you know this is probably a little cliche at this point but i think what sacramento does is kind of balance out the california kind of okay. scene there you know i as much as this is an easy answer, I really do think that helps San Jose in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because you have that Northern California, although Sacramento is technically central, but right. but really, you know, especially with LAFC coming in, that's going to be, you know, quite the, um, you know, the four corners there or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, you know, the two up more up North and the two LA teams. So I think that really brings some balance to California, you know, because California is, is its own country practically, um, you know, population wise. So, um, and I think that's perfect. I think with those four teams, you know, California's done essentially. And like, you can, you know, don't tell that to Demba Bonnie and Hazard because they're yeah. ready. They're ready. To oh, bring San Diego, San Diego, yeah, 1904. They're ready. Yeah. They're ready to do that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, is is there really anything more to talk about on this front? I mean, we're just it's the waiting game now. Well, we right? may know more after our post MLS Cup uh, podcast, since this will be happening December sixth, the presentation. So maybe we'll get some more tidbits after that. So I'm sure we'll talk about it again. All right. So I think that you know we've we've been chatting for a few minutes. I need a little. Refill. Yeah, I think on my the, girlfriend texted me, whiskey. so I. I so count, let's take yeah. let's take a minute. We'll take a break. We got to come back. We're gonna give uh, we're gonna give a few minutes. We got to talk about the uh, the rhinos and their hiatus. Maybe a little NISA update and uh, some some one signing and uh, one possible signing. So let's take a minute. and We'll come back and have some other stuff to say. All right, so as much as we love to keep talking about 
uh, Greg Burhalter coaching the Timbers, <laughs> which sorry, I'm, Columbus fans, f- fingers crossed, right? Okay, so another thing too that I forgot to touch on when we were talking about, and we'll we'll get into the rhinos here. But another thing that I forgot to touch on, did you see the ice cold fucking banner that somebody had at the Toronto Columbus game that was the MLS Austin logo, like the green and black with the ATX and it said, welcome Austin 2019. Ooh, brutal. That's fucking cold, dude. Well, they're gonna be called Austin Villa, right? <laughs> that's terrible. I really, I really hope that's not true. That that would be the absolute worst. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, we we go from a, a sad story talking about the possible future of Columbus Crew, and another one of the huge building blocks of American professional soccer, uh, the Rochester Rhinos, will be on hiatus in the 2018 season. Now, I guess the, the deal is that they will remain in good standing with USL. Um, so they can so, come back when they're ready? Yes. Um, and this this year is sort of... like a grace period to give them time to like build some relationships with some possible potential ownership group or, and you know, possibly some, uh, some local business sponsors to sort of rally behind the organization. Cause what was the number we talked about last episode was like, they had to raise like a million and a half in like a week or something. It was much too much. And it had to be raised by yesterday. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it appears that um, there's going to be some selected USL fixtures played in Rochester uh, throughout the season next year to allow the locals to have a taste of what I'm assuming is going to be at least one Penn FC game, considering the name on the stadium in Rochester and the name signing the checks and the the name on the jersey of Penn FC. Um, Maybe some NYCFC games too, if uh, the Yankees Yankees have some sort of rain delay that they have to make up against the Angels in August or whatever. Yeah. Um, So uh, I think the story here, though, is whether or not U.S. soccer as the as a federation has failed these clubs. Uh, you know, in some way, have they failed to adequately support clubs like Columbus um, from the standpoint of just making sure that they have owners who are invested in that community, trying to keep that team there, um, trying to keep sponsorship up for clubs like uh, Rochester, who, you know, 15 years ago looked like, uh, you know, a certain MLS cup or MLS uh, side, you know, and potentially an MLS cup winner someday. Um, U S open cup champions. Uh, it, it's definitely, it's definitely a sad day. And it's one of those things where it's um, the idea of seeing, uh, you know, clubs like Penn FC and, uh, you know, Bethlehem steel or, you know, whomever goes up there and plays a, a quote-unquote home game next year, uh, it makes USL look Bush League, right? I mean, is Yeah, it's not a good look for sure. Yeah. So 
what do what do you think can be done to in the future prevent this from happening? Like think about a club. Let's let's consider a club that could easily go away. So Richmond Kickers. We, this is a this is a team that you've stated previously. Uh, you like you, you like watching their games. You like the stadium and the, you know <laughs> sort of the vibe behind yeah. what they've got going on. Um, but that's a team that could easily you know fall under disrepair. You know the stadium uh, could be you know just deemed inadequate. You know the so the ownership group could you know lose interest in this in the side and the team could go away despite everything that they've accomplished in the lower division. So what what do we got to do to make sure this doesn't happen anymore? Well, I think you kind of said it there. It's I think it comes down to the ownership groups in these in these teams. Um and I've heard conflicting things about Rochester's um ownership groups. I'm not sure what to believe, but some people swear that they're terrible <laughs> ownership group. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a husband and wife. Right, right. Yeah. And I, I want to, you know, get a libel lawsuit or something here, but, uh, you know. Nobody's listening. Yeah, yet. I know, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think when you have good ownership groups, mm-hmm. then um, that plays in a lot of it. And, um, I mean, this is just off the top of my head, this is probably not a, a great, example to compare it to but like remember you know Kansas City Wizards weren't doing too hot at right. all and um they got a good ownership group that was committed and look where they are now you right. know and um uh so that yeah that that's really the key here and I think with this sabbatical maybe you know the current ownership group gets their their act straight or maybe they sell it to a group willing to put the time and that's necessary because they got the stadium there. So and the, 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 yeah, go ahead. Well, no, 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 <laughs> go ahead. You're right. But yeah, I mean, you know, they used to get the fans there and obviously right. I think not getting MLS, you know, kind of soured people's um, thoughts about the team there, but certainly the population and the desire for a team is there. And so they just need to have a smart ownership group that can capture that. Do you think that now we've all seen what happens with the Atlanta Silverbacks this week, you know, where there's going to be the the door open for fans to invest in the club. Do you think that, you know, Rochester or perhaps, you know, Richmond, clubs like that are good examples of, you know, teams where maybe the ownership should consider, you know, taking in some fan money creating some sort of, you know, board of directors and, you know, things of that nature where, you know, there can be fan investment and, you know, they can get money from other avenues yet still maintain control. You know, I've never put together a huge corporation or a board of directors or whatever, but clearly it can be done. You know, the people who are running the team, you know, you can buy micro shares in Arsenal for fuck's sake. You know, you can buy shares in the Green Bay Packers. Uh, So it can be done. We see, like I said, what's happening with Atlanta Silverbacks. I mean, um, so I think that could be the future and it possibly should be the future. You know, like that's the thing is, you know, in Rochester, this is your opportunity, you know, put your money where your mouth is 
you know, save your club. They're, USL is giving you the opportunity, and trust me, I get it. It fucking sucks that they're in this position. They shouldn't be in this position. Um, but I do know that in 20 years from now, if, the, you know, something happens with Merritt Paulson or whatever and the Timbers are in dire straits and it looks like they might go away, any disposable income that I had, um, for better or for worse, with my relationship, what happened? What arguments I might have with Crystal? Every fucking dime would go towards keeping the Timbers here if I had to. <laughs> um, so I think that you know maybe that's something that needs to be explored. People should have that option. You know, Columbus. I think that they. I think MLS, if they want to do what's right, they should tell Anthony Precourt, hey, offer the team to the city. Sell the team to the city. Um, possibly the city wants to let the fans invest in it. Do something. You know what I mean? Do the do the right thing. Even if he sells it for a huge profit, just to get rid of it. Like moving it to Austin is wrong. You know, in my opinion. Um. So I don't know. Anything? Anything to build on there? Is that? Well, you know, they got to they got to try something and do the the fan investment idea. That's. You know, I think forward thinking and that that buys people in, um, you know, and, you know, they got nothing else to try other than trying to get more sponsors. I mean, I don't know what else you do up there. I mean, that they were getting like how many people there last season? Not very many. Yeah. And it's <laughs> where before they were getting plenty. So, again, it's there. They just have to find a way to capture it again. And I sure. think fan investment, that's a. You know, a good forward-thinking idea to do that. Yeah, and it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you brought up Kansas City. They There was a whole rebrand that went behind it and stuff. I don't think you yeah, need and, to do that and, with Rochester. And I think people are forgetting, like, they're getting, like, a couple thousand people or something like that at their games. I remember watching MLS games. And they were playing in a yeah. minor league baseball stadium. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, you're, it, <laughs> you know, it was... Poor Jack Jewsberry. Yeah. Well, he lived, he experienced yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. rough. Rough. Now he now he works for us. Yes, yes he does, and he's a he's a MLS Cup champion. Fact. Um, all right, so Giassi's artist, he's an MLS Cup champion, right? He's got at least one. Yeah, he has to have at least one. All right, so apparently he might be on the move. Um, Galaxy are trying to deal him. Uh, Minnesota United seems to be at the top of the list there, Minnesota possibly. Like Vancouver. Columbus, Vancouver, DC United. Um, what do you think? What, what do you think is the most likely out of all those? And where do you think he fits in the best? Hmm, man. Um, I mean, it depends how you want to play him. You know, some people see him as a forward. Some when you some people see him as kind of like a winger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Zardas in his game personally. Um, I certainly don't want him on the Timbers. I'll say that, (laughs) but where he fits, gosh, Timbers are looking for a new attacking player. They said that somebody who's young, he's young. Yeah. He's got some hair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you know, but, (laughs) uh, I could see, I think it would be either like Vancouver DC, right? Don't you, Knowing well, how you think, don't you think that's 
doesn't like Vancouver seem like the type of team he go to? Vancouver very much seems yeah. like the team that he's gonna go to. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> Giassi's artist, see, that's the thing is like he's a California boy, he's a West Coast guy. I don't think he wants to get too far away from LA. Shay's calling like, dude, we could surf in the the, <laughs> the, the Victoria off Victoria Island or whatever. <laughs> that that's the. Uh, yeah. I mean. If, Vancouver, Vancouver is the LA of Canada. You know, that's the thing. So it makes perfect sense. He's, he's the right kind of guy. I mean, he's such a Vancouver player. It's like, a, like exactly like you said, he's not quite a striker. He's not quite a winger. Nobody really knows where to play him. Uh, he obviously. Carl Robson doesn't know where to play, he, play players. So those throw him out there. Yeah, yeah. He's physically <laughs> talented. Um, but you know you can see you know he's got some speed he can score a little bit but he you don't know when he's going to do it you don't know where he's going to do it from it makes perfect sense that he is on the white caps um and who knows what's going on with reina right now i mean there's uh you know you got montero and it it, it all just it fits so perfectly i well, feel like they just signed a venezuelan league's top score sure yeah sure. so um but i mean like so you, that does that mean montero's that on his way out i don't I don't know i don't know and that's the thing is like maybe they carl robinson just looks at giassi's artist and he's like i gotta play him out wide on the left and i'm gonna have this venezuelan dude uh up top and that's where we're going with it who knows i don't know i don't know anything about that venezuelan guy i I'm going to have to see him score. Anybody that Vancouver brings in, I'm like, got to see him score. Talk, talk, talk to me in August when they're not like the low in like at least the bottom third of scoring in MLS, because that's where they're going to be. Waston's going to be keeping them afloat with clean sheets, but they're going to be one of the lowest scoring teams in the league. Um, Mitch Hildebrand going to Atlanta. Now that's a, that's a pretty big, pretty big deal now do you think this means that they don't necessarily believe in guzan i well no i think i think guzan's a starter i think it's the question is are they bringing him as a backup or like is he taking Khan's place is that you pronounce his name Khan? Khan? Right. Yeah. yeah um or is he going to be you know their third keeper um because i'm not sure you know he had a great open cup run obviously this this year but his league play this year wasn't. I mean, that might be more to do with their defense. But do you think he would leave Cincinnati for that? Yeah, I That's mean, he's, th- he, yeah, I mean, he's twenty nine. I think that so he's young. He's young in a sense for mm-hmm. you know goalkeepers. So yeah. for him to get into a team, especially a team like Atlanta, you know, where you know that's going to be an environment that it's hard to to resist. And he, he's probably you know he seems like a um. You know, aggressive guy, uh, ambitious guy. So he's probably thinking like, "Hey, I get to this great team, Atlanta. I can show them a made for, made of." <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think maybe Khan's on his way out. Maybe he can be a starter somewhere. And so maybe that's the thought here. I don't know. It's I wouldn't be surprised though if he's like the third keeper. I don't understand. Yeah. Like to me, I don't think he'd leave Cincinnati because it's like, why would you leave that situation? Like he's a if, cult if hero they're, they're, there. If they're going to MLS, possibly. Yeah, yeah, like he would 
you would think if they go to MLS, like goalkeeper isn't going to be at the top of their list of things to change considering his well, you success know, there. Atlanta is not hurting for money, so maybe they rate him very highly, and they're like, hey, we'll pay you a decent amount to yeah. be your second or third keeper. That may be hard to turn down. Sure. I mean, honestly, I would have taken him. And maybe, you know, Guzan, you know, he's still in the national team pool, and there's still some friendlies to play. So if he, if he, you know, I probably like that the national team goes with younger players like like Stefan and, you know, uh, Hamid or whoever. To Sean play. Johnson. Sean jo- yeah, you know. But um, but maybe that's kind of the, the thought here, that he may, he may get some chances. So. Well... I mean, I, I think we'll see. I think he's probably at least going to start in Open Cup for Atlanta sure. this yeah. year. Um, Which he's done well in. Yeah, we, we, we've seen that. I would. I don't expect the Timbers to keep both Gleason and uh, Atnella this year. Um, so, I mean, I would take Hildebrand as a backup to whomever we keep. But, yeah, good signing for Atlanta. Um, now... <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to expose you a little bit here, Ryan. We talked about NISA before the show and you're like, wait, what the fuck is NISA again? Well, I was aware of it, but it, it's just such a, it's almost like you forgot about it. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. It's been, so I knew long. it was like the third division that NASL was going to do, but it's uh, like, yeah. does NASL even exist right. or whatever? And apparently that's part of, you know, what we're going to talk about here because, the the cloud around NASL has sort of, you know, cast itself over NISA. Now they've they've accepted. They had a number, like fifteen letters of intent um, from cities or proposed clubs to join NISA this year. Um, some of them fit the bill. Apparently, Phoenix did not. Uh, they sent letters of improvement back to a couple clubs. Um, but apparently, they're not going to kick off until at least uh, after World Cup next summer. Uh, part of it is because they're waiting on what happens with NASL uh, here on December 15th or whatever. Uh, do you think NASA is ever going to play? Is this ever going to be a league? Yeah, I mean, good question. I mean, I think that's 100% all of it is the fate of ASL because they're closely tied mm-hmm. to it, if not, you know, completely tied, essentially. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, it was smart for them to kind of hold back a little bit and, you know, count their chickens, per right. se. So um, it's not looking good for ASL at this point. Right. So... There you go. <laughs> now, Peter Peter Will, the the guy who you know is a big part of Chicago Fire and uh, Indy Eleven, he's done all sorts of stuff uh, in American soccer. He's sort of like the the mastermind behind NASA. I don't think he's necessarily going to stop. Um, he's got a huge sort of pro rel agenda that he really wants to push uh, into American soccer. We're kind of looking. Uh, head at this this presidential election within U.S. soccer. Eric Winalda, I don't know if maybe it's just my Twitter stream. The Trump of American soccer. Yeah, I saw that. He's sort of like, I don't know if it's just my Twitter stream playing tricks on me, but 
Eric Ronaldo seems to be building up a little momentum. Well, I think in the Trump comparison, I mean, he's... Right. And I'll, I'll now, Grant Wall, Grant Wall, who is the one who called him that, is obviously trying to get eyes sure. on But there is some... Work. I mean, you could say this about a lot of the candidates, too, but he's making a lot of grand statements without any backing or possible even things being possible what he's saying right you know? and so um it's probably a little unfair to Wilnalda. i mean i'm sure he's not as uh you know like trump but no. it, there is something there to where you know you can't just go talking about pro relegation when you know you don't really have a plan yeah and you don't know if MLS is going to play ball which they well said yeah they're they, not they just to. laugh it off and it is and really to whoever becomes the president is going to you know behind the scenes type things you know how these work in these power games it's mls is going to have plenty to say about what happens sure i mean i mean in, in a sense it's like you can't just you know go against the top league and all the owners you know without being somewhat cooperative right yeah, and so you you have to put forth policies that the owners are going to you know be willing to work with essentially so and we're going to you know we're going to get into all of our sort of conspiracy theories in the off season it's a long off season and we're not going to have much to talk about so we're i i have a feeling that we're going to have at least one just really long show where we just talk about stuff exactly like that how at least how we think it should be uh, and we'll lay it all out there. But we'll save that for another time. Uh, tonight, I think maybe we take one last break. We come back here in a minute. Uh, give our production, our yeah, production <laughs> predictions uh, for MLS Cup. And then uh, say farewell. What do you say, Ryan? That sounds good, John. All right, good. So 5-0 Toronto, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going for. At and least. I just woke up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, next Saturday, uh, 1 p.m. our time, MLS Cup from BMO Field uh, in Toronto. Probably, I mean, to be fair, the best two teams all season. You know, these are the teams that most people have predicted uh, for the final here. Toronto at home, like we said earlier, might not exactly even be the favorite. Um, what do you think? Tell me your score and tell me why. Well, I still think Toronto's a favorite. I'll, okay. I'll say that, yeah. Um, but Higher scoring than last year? Yeah. I mean, I sure hope so. Um, my prediction... If we're looking for a scoreline, 2-1 Toronto. Okay. Goal scorers. Giovinco uh-huh. on a free kick. Oof. Yeah. Sexy. And Justin Morrow. With I a, like that, too. W- that but that sounds like fun soccer, Ryan. With, I'm going to say, Clint Dempsey goal. Okay. Okay. Uh, MLS Cup MVP. Javinko? Yes. Okay. 
I was looking at the crystal ball there for, for I was I had to discern what I was seeing there. <laughs> okay. Um so as much as I want to say that I think it's going to be higher scoring, I don't think it is. Um and that reason is because Seattle is a very good defensive soccer team. They have good defenders. Uh, they have a good goalkeeper. Um, we've seen them play in this moment before. Um, I think that they think they're better. I really do. I think that Seattle's confident. Um, and I got to be honest, I'm afraid they're going to win. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hear it for another year. I mean, we're gonna hear it for another year. I mean, because the Timbers went out as early as they did. But um, that being said, I do think Toronto gets it done. Um, I don't think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be exciting because it's gonna be a bit cagey. Um, I think it's one nil, and I think it's a a Vasquez goal. My man. And I think that, uh, I think that he's the MVP of MLS cup. It's just one of those things where, uh, he's, he's, he, he can, you know, take the moment and especially in a game like that, like we talked about how he made that goal happen Altidore put it away, but it was one of those things where it's like only one thing happens when Altidore is in that position and Vasquez put him in that position. And I think that with the game being as tight as it is, as much attention is going to be on Michael Bradley and Javinko and Josie Altidore. Josie Altidore is going to be banging with Chad Marshall. Um, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Vasquez is the key to, to their success. I, th- I think, particularly against Seattle, that that's true. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that I think it's 1-0. I think uh, it's a Vasquez goal. and I Or think, at least an assist, right? Yes. I, I think that he's the MLS Cup MVP. I think that he scores. If he doesn't, perhaps it's Javinko or uh, Altidore, but I think he gets it done. And I think it's going to be kind of at a more or less nondescript moment in the match. I think we're talking like 56 minute or something like that, you know? So similar to what happened in the Columbus match. Um, I think the the script plays a little bit closer to that. Um, that being said, I hope it's, you know, 4-2, 4-3. I hope it's high scoring. I hope it's exciting. Um, but I just don't see that happening. I'll take a shot for every Toronto goal. Okay. <laughs> now, like, are we are we gonna watch this game together? Well, yeah, right. I, I mean, yeah. Should we? Last year, now a little behind the curtain. We got we gotta be one more prepared this time. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we we tried to go to a place called the Toffee Club here in Portland last year. That's sort of like a British themed bar. They're at Everton Bar. Yes, they are. Well, clearly they're called the Toffee Club. Yeah. But. Uh, they we went there last year we showed up maybe a half hour before a kick and there was nowhere to go so this year we have to show up at least an hour in advance if we're gonna if we're gonna do that um are you really you're willing to do a shot for every toronto goal i'll hold you to yeah, it I mean, i'll buy those I shots mean, it, it's a saturday so i think i can get away with that <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be coming i'm going to billy joel on friday night 
Uh, oh gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, this is a Friday night's my big Billy Joel date with Bill Lewis, so you, it's going to be... probably be drinking then, too, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I will. Well, Bill drink two bottles <laughs> of whiskey that night. Probably. Well, we got to keep up with Billy Joel himself, you know, <laughs> if we want to enjoy the performance. So, yeah. Why not I'm, Bill, who you're going with? Yes, yes, Bill is Bill Lewis specifically, yes, keeping up with him as well. <laughs> but uh, I might need, I might have a hangover that I need to fight off, so we'll see. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's sort of the wrap up on our first season. Um, yeah, we're yeah. gonna, we're gonna, this winter, we're gonna take a few weeks. I think we'll probably come back, uh, and, you know, sort of recap some stuff that happens. We've well, got, we've got an expansion draft coming up. Yeah. Well, we're gonna do an episode after MLS Cup. Sure. So that would be almost a week and a half from now, essentially, probably like two weeks from now, basically. Yeah. Almost two weeks. So, yeah. So, I mean, we'll come back. We'll, we'll recap what happened in MLS cup and then we'll, we'll move into the off season and we're going to take a couple weeks off. We'll, uh, you know, come back. We'll talk about the expansion draft and sort of everything that's happened at some point, you know, maybe, around new year's or early january um and we're gonna we're gonna try to shake things up for next year we're gonna we're gonna have a full season ahead of us the timbers aren't gonna play a home game until like april so we've got a lot of time to you know sort of plot this and watch tv maybe we should put this out might be looking for someone else yeah yeah that's it we're we're we're, we we would love to get a third mic back here yeah uh we have the technology (laughs) <laughs> so we want to do that. Hopefully, Pump up the production values maybe a little yeah, bit well, here. Yeah, well, I want to get a fucking soundboard, dude. I want you to be able to, like, sit over there and hit a button and have, like, you know, something wah, funny wah, happen. Wah. Yeah, like, something funny happen, you know, get behind all that. I need somebody to kind of plan the show so I can do interviews or maybe they do interviews so I can plan the show. It's just too much for two of us to do, right? We're busy, guys. You got a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend and two dogs and a fucking hamburger restaurant to run. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I hope that everybody that's listening to this enjoys MLS Cup. It's sort of, you know, the, the WrestleMania, the restart button, you know, everything goes back to wrestling for me. So it's like the reset on the whole. You unit. are wearing a wrestling shirt right I, now. Yeah, Monday, it's my, my Monday Night Raw shirt here. So uh, it's the <laughs> reset button uh, on the year. So I'm looking forward to it, especially how it ended for us. Until next time, I'm John. I'm Ryan. This is the Football Associates, and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>